You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio serving Calgary and southern Alberta since 1992. You got a question about basements? Sure you do. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Adnan Verk, MLB, NHL Network host, Cinephile Podcast at the bottom of the hour. It's the Major League Baseball trade deadline today at 4 p.m. Calgary time. Do the Jays go out there and get another shortstop with the knee discomfort that Bo Bichette suffered last night, or in the words of Ben Wagner, a catastrophe? Uh, He'll join us. Ben Wagner will at 8 o'clock. And uh, Dennis Bernstein. Oh, no. It appears to be catastrophic for Bo Bichette. Yeah, and Caleb Joseph saying, oh, no, in the background does not seem encouraging. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. No. Why? Oh, the humanity. (laughs) Speaking of which, you you want a fun little tidbit about the Hindenburg, Patrick, that you probably didn't know? I really do, actually. What? Um, do you know that the Hindenburg had a smoking room in it? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it did. The <laughs> it whole thing sense. was a giant bomb, <laughs> and it had a smoking room in it. And I, people back in the the twenties and thirties, you know, they had to they had to uh, they had to crawl before so we could walk. Like right? the thing is, like in certain <laughs> places, like smoking is just like it's it's part of the everyday life. Like, like three out of four adults are smoking in the day. Yeah, you get like like we were on our trip. There's still people that are allowed to smoke on patios. Oh, yeah. Like they Europe's got smoking like booths in the airport terminals. Like still smoking Vegas. Yeah. Oh no. yeah, for sure. Uh, the Gray Eagle. Used yeah, to be able they do. They have a smoking darts. designated area yeah. in the casino where you can we smoke used to there. Smoke darts and on spare between lunch and gym <laughs> class. Hell yeah! <laughs> Go throw dice and smoke darts. So, we just played hack, so, hacky sack. So a giant flying ship uh, made entirely of hydrogen. That's good. Uh, with a smoking room in it. So that wasn't the reason it went down. No, it wasn't. no, <laughs> no. But also, but it could have uh, been. <laughs> also, um, like, how do you get? How many hours does it take to become a blimp pilot? That's what I will really want to know. I, I like the Goodyear Is blimp, it like man. Like ten thousand hours, like a commercial air pilot. That was a dream back, like a dream in the nineties, just being the Goodyear blimp because that was over every major sporting event in the nineties. Yeah. The Goodyear blimp, like you yeah, knew right it was an was. event if that yeah. thing was around. Yep, that flying ship. Yep, love it. The old. Goodyear we need more blimp. blimps. No, we don't need more blimps. Yes, That's a terrible take. Cool. No, no, cool no. That's like saying <laughs> no, we so need to see more hot air balloons. No, no, they no. no the, we you, don't. Know, they, you see a couple of those every so often in the morning. No, let me let me speak directly to the Calgary Flames uh, game ops people with this suggestion. <laughs> uh, in Buffalo uh, at the Sabres games during the intermission, they have this flying ship, aka a blimp. That just floats yeah. around the arena and drops be... like coupons or like yeah. tickets yeah, yeah. to stuff. That used to be a huge thing back in like the nineties as well. Like at like wrestling pay per views, they'd have like uh, those those mini blimp flying around the arena. Boxing yeah. shows would have it as well, and it'd be sponsored by like some yeah, like forget a drone. One eight hundred call a blimp ATT around collect. the dome. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Buy a little mini blimp and give away like coupons to like Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. That's, I yeah, love that. That but works well. Just don't let run into the flame thing and it'll light on fire. Yeah, <laughs> that, the humanity. Oh, the humanity. Just going down on no. the ice. Oh, no. Kids are crying. Lands on somebody. My goodness. <laughs> what would that blimp be called? Um uh I don't know. The first thing that popped into my head was like Lanny's Levitator. I don't know why. <laughs> wow, that one. Yeah, we we might go back to the drawing board. <laughs> hey, shut up! I don't hear anything from you right now. <laughs> the Landenberg. No, that that's no, no. I don't know geez. if we want to do that. You want to do the Hindenburg play? No. Well, they need to get a blimp so we can name it. Anyway, jeez, you know it's August. We call it the Jerome Blimpla. <laughs> see that? See now you're now you're thinking. There you go. I'm trying to trying over here. It's sometimes you can watch the hamster doing the wheel in my brain. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's August. Just bear with us. Um, <laughs> hockey season hey, on the court. NFL preseason on Sunday. Yeah, Woo! Hall of Fame game. Hall Let's go. Hall of Fame game. No Rogers. Yeah. No Miles Garrett. <laughs> sure. <Nobody's playing. laughs> How many uh, bets you have down fun. for this one already? You D-Gen? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll watch a little you bit of it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Hey, there's a lot of listen. There's a lot of value in betting NFL preseason. Oh, Here's yeah. why. Good chance to make some money. Yeah, this uh-huh. is why I like betting NFL preseason is because. When you have a backup quarterback who's actually really good, I lean towards those teams because he'll play against second and third string defenses and pick them apart. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a really good third stringer, a guy like who's a veteran who's trying to make it as the backup, I love that situation even more because then he'll have a better chance to put up some numbers in the second half against vanilla defenses. <laughs> Yeah, makes like, sense. Yeah, oh, well, it makes yeah, sense. Zach yeah, Wilson has a I'm big like, game on I'm, Sunday. I'm like, who is a good backup in the NFL? There's lots, but you just got to look at the matchup. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, you got to Zach do, Wilson do a against bit of third string Browns defense. No offense, but I don't care about the Jets and Browns in the Hall of Fame <laughs> game that much to actually go and do research to place bets on this game. Patrick, why am I blanking? Who's the team who hasn't lost in preseason in years? Oh, God. Um, I'll get back to you. Yeah, there's there's a team that's like... Has Is it like Baltimore? A... Yes. Yes, it's the Ravens. Baltimore. Yes. Yeah, they never lose in preseason. John Harbaugh is like, we win every single game, which I kind of like. In the preseason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 23 straight well, games in the preseason. They yeah, won. that's it. It's incredible. <laughs> Can't get out of that division, but it's fine. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Your boy Joe Burrow got carted off with that calf injury. That yeah, it wasn't good. even that serious. It wasn't even that serious. He's gonna was it fine. as catastrophic as Bull Bichette's injury? I don't know if uh, oh, it was. Oh appears to be catastrophic, but yeah, you know, boy. we'll see. Um. All right, two things I want to get to here before we get to Adnan Verk. Uh-huh. Uh, number one, I'm doing something I haven't done for the first time in six years this evening. And I do hope for thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Send positive vibes my way. Oh boy. Are you going to the dentist? No, you know I go to the dentist regularly, get my teeth cleaned, because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> like, why would you even ask that? You know, like, you know me well enough. That I'm just like, thinking of, of things that are funny to not do for, like, six years, and then yeah. go back uh, to well, it and feel shame yeah. about it. 960-960, location. Things that are funny that I haven't done in six years. Um... I'm playing slow pitch tonight for the first oh, time in six years. Oh, oh, uh, 
I'm a little concerned. Here's why. Uh, I play ball hockey regularly, and shout out to the Royals who won the championship. Oh, okay. Nice. I have something about this as well, but when you're done your story, my turn. Really? Next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On um, the Royals. Yep. Oh, wow. Down. Okay. Yep. Hot, hot ball hockey Royals talk <laughs> yep. on Sportsnet 960. I'm going to write it down. Royals. Okay, go ahead. What were you um, saying? I'm a little concerned. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, you can play a million beer league hockey games, you know, stuff that it's a little more physical, but it, when it comes to slow pitch, I just feel like there's big time injuries when it comes to slow pitch because you just stand around and then all of a sudden you have to explode. <laughs> and I will say for a fact, I think you drink way more when you play slow pitch. Yeah, of course. Compared to water, which does the opposite of water. It mm-hmm. dehydrates you more than hydrates you, yeah, which right. also leads to more cramping and muscle injuries. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that when you're not used to running around bases, that like one inch lift can be... It, it can throw people off a lot. Um, yeah. And the other thing, too, is that people don't stretch. Like, no. and, and they just, and it's sprint speed, right? It's not like light jogs, really. Yeah. It's it's a quick three-second burst or rip down the line or something like that. And it's just a lot of room for error. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh, what position? What type of team are we I looking don't know. at here? Like, I, I don't know, like, what... What division are you playing? Just is it co-ed? It's a lower division, I believe. It's with my buddy. Uh, my buddy Vito's picking me up today. Oh, Vito. Say hi to Vito. Yeah. And um, he's an Italian gentleman. Don Vito. Um, really? Is he? he uh, Stunning. He, he's picking me up, and uh, it's men's league. Because <laughs> okay. I wouldn't be playing if it was co-ed. Of course. So, <laughs> I knew that. Um, it's men's league. So, again, I'm, I haven't swung a bat. I've swung a lot of golf clubs. Played some hockey, but I haven't swung a bat, and I'm gonna take Caleb Joseph's yeah swing, high swing, high swing, swing. swing. <laughs> uppercut swing. Yeah, it's gotta be a low to high swing. Yeah, you drop that bat and bring her all the way up. And don't don't have the don't have the bottom hand on the bottom of the knob. Have it a little bit up, like how Whit Merrifield has it. Yeah, that's right. a little bit of space I started doing between the. Do- yeah. Okay, first of all, I, I appreciate your batting tips. Like Barry Bonds choked up on the bat. Yeah. Whit Merrifield does. I get it. Um, Alex Bregman does the same thing. Yeah. Um, great hitters. I, uh, when I played co-ed slow pitch, I, uh, if I didn't hit like 900 for the season, I would be upset with myself. <laughs> yeah. I swear fair. to God. Like anytime I got out, I'd be like, are you kidding me right now? I got out in co-ed slow pitch. Well, maybe you're just not that good. No, I was good, but I'm just <laughs> saying like, I, I just, I, ref- I would be furious with myself if I got out. What about today? Are you going to be furious if you get out? Uh, I'm sensing ground out to first like all night. I just get that feeling in my gut. Well, I am a left-handed batter. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Same. So um, I, if I get four at-bats tonight, which I doubt because I'm the new guy and they're going to put me at the bottom of the order. Uh, Art Art is the guy who runs the team. Ironically enough, the same name as our boss. Oh, Art. oh, Artie boy, Artie boy. Yep, yeah, so I'm playing, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to. It. I have no idea. I might be in the outfield. This is what I'm most excited about, and this is why I'm such a loser. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I'm playing slow pitch since getting my eyes fixed. Oh, that's fun though. Yes, that is like. 
super nerd moment here, but every time you talk about this, I get mildly to like pretty jealous. Yeah, me too. As someone who has worn glasses for basically my entire life, mm-hmm. um, that's fun. That's really exciting for yeah, you. That's, that's going to be that. cool. You're going to be able I'm to like- see the ball off the bat if you're playing in the outfield. I uh, they might stick me in right. I don't know. Hopefully, less panic. That'd I be might cool. Play second base. I don't know. Who They're, knows? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm they looking for hot corner. Put you behind the plate, probably. Oh, if they put me behind the plate, I'm just. I might just wait in the car. Because <laughs> yeah, I can't might just put go me behind home. the plate. <laughs> Why can't they put you behind the plate? Because we all know You're the, the guy. sub. Okay. Oh, that's fair. But I don't want to sit there like okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to sit there. And is Call there the anything game, worse than being a catcher? I, I would be more angry <laughs> if I had paid fees and then they made me sit behind the plate because a new guy showed up for one game to come in and get his first swing in in well, six years. Well, I did say that I would uh, I, I'd potentially fill in when I talked to my buddy. Like, hey, I'm coming back. I, I want to potentially play. And they're like, okay, yeah. So I'm excited. Your I'm excited agent reached about, out. They got a, got a couple feelers out there. Yeah, like because I'm excited to play today. I'm just I'm just terrified of like blowing out my shoulder because I haven't <laughs> thrown the ball. We get a text. It's like, yeah. hey, George is in surgery for his knee. Uh, might not yeah. be on the show tomorrow. Th- oh, see again, great text. Uh, get it down, <laughs> get it down, and get it singing. Go back like city. Damn right. <laughs> We should, I should, we should have Kevin Barker on. Give me some tips. Foot get down, it down get it sing. singing. Yeah, it's not that tough. It's not that hard. Yeah. Easy sport. Again, I... Foot down, let her sing. Like, if I have three at-bats tonight, I'm expecting to get at least two hits. Three at-bats, two hits, both singles? I'm expecting at least two hits. Is there any pop in that bat, George? There's. Some, I have a WTP. Warning track power. That's what I got. <laughs> What kind of bat you bringing? Oh, I don't know. I don't have a bat. You don't have a bat. But it's like, all about the bat too in slow pitch. It is about the bat. If the team spends like if the team all chips in and buys like a six hundred dollar bat, people are just hammering that thing. Mm. I think it I just have, trampolines. I got mine for yeah. a pretty sweet deal, so that's probably why I uh, they got like a sixty dollar Easton on sale. Don't have much. Of um, mixing uh, vodka into some blue Gatorade, two birds with one stone. Thank you. Um, mm. Literally one of the worst tasting drinks ever. Blue Gatorade and vodka? Or just blue Gatorade? <laughs> just Gatorade and vodka. Yeah. Uh, George, don't stress about tonight. Slow pitch is an activity. It's not a sport. You should be fine. I, I kind of agree because like, if you play, if you can wear jeans, <laughs> is it really a sport? Wow. Oh, Anybody yeah, wears but, jeans playing slow pitch? Come on. Yeah, but like jeans are one okay. of those things. It's like, okay. come on, bro. All right. Super low-level slow pitch jeans guy or sliding pants guy? Like he's got baseball pants. I'd rather. Yeah. Okay. I'd rather sl- sliding sliding pants yeah. guy. Yeah. I'd really? Rather, yeah. The jeans. Yeah. yeah. Well, I assume that sliding pants guy probably plays on you another team a- in a high division, and so he's got the gear for the game. So why wouldn't you bring the gear for the game? So it's like see, I have my own I, pool cue, and people be like, "Oh, why are you bringing your own pool cue?" It's like, well, I have it. I own it. Why I wouldn't would he, Why wouldn't I bring it? What are you, Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince, hey, with your own pool cue? I, I used Rico to be, Lucille. Used to like, be what are you? Back. <laughs> Lucille what is the Jeffrey come to the pool <laughs> hall and break out Lucille? <laughs> I have a nice pool cue. Good for you. It no, used that's to be good. Part of a league. 
All right. Same logic. If I have it at home, I'm not going to leave it. The dude in jeans, like, what? Do you not own a pair of shorts? Yeah. You no. never seen sweatpants in your life? Joggers, here, even? Yeah, come on. Here's now, the bro. thing about here's the thing about sliding and slow pitch. The last time I played in co-ed, co-ed when I was playing shortstop was, oh, you're allowed to slide in this league. I'm like, oh, really? If somebody <laughs> slides and takes me out at second, I'm going to start punching said person. Yeah, I'm going to swing oh, yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I told my buddy who's an outfielder, I go, just run in because it's going to get insane here. Because yeah. there's no way I'm going to get taken out at second base over a slide to break up a double play in co-ed slow pitch. Uh, we had a game last week, Wednesday, top two teams in the division, us and the other group, um, and buddy, straight clown play. Uh, ball gets hit off first. He's not even watching the ball. It's a catch. It's a it's a line out, and he just slides into second. So he, and I was standing on second, and I'm like, what are you "Doing what are you doing? You're not allowed to slide." And he's like, "It's a joke, bud." I was like, "No, you slid. Like a joke is pretending to do something. You literally slid into second, and you're out." <laughs> and he had no idea that the ball had been caught, and um, he had to do this shameful walk to back to second because we threw him out at first. In your co-ed season, has somebody been smoked by the ball running to first yet this year? Uh, no. Nope. On a grounder? No. Mm, uh, nope. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, it's been good. Um, I saw Queen two Bell texts Health. about this. Real quickly, because I want to still talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy and Cochran, uh, about the blimp, the Mika Blimpersoft. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's better than mine, yeah. yeah. Jeremy That's and very... Cochran, yeah, had that one too, yeah. We got another one, Mika Blimpersoft. Got two, like, yeah. another one. Like, mm-hmm. like that's how our listeners are so good. Mm-hmm. So uh, this one's a great text. Uh, get some sprints in. The first run to first base after six years is a killer. Yeah, I've been running. Like, I, I can run. I just, he's right. Like, just the explosion oh, after hitting a ball and I just during the first base. can't stand sprinting. Mm-mm. And I just don't like running in general, George. We've had this discussion before. Like, ball hockey, excellent. Lots of fun, I'm sure. I would never. I would never. It's too much running. Skating? Yeah. Oh, I could skate, no problem. A lot of gliding. Mm-hmm. We like to coast. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, I'm a defenseman. I barely <laughs> go up and down the ice. Yeah. I'm like the last man to join the rush. It's Banging incredible. off the glass. That's yeah, all you do. sure. No now, problem. There, Easy. There's one, there's one more thing I'm trying to decide this evening, too, mm. is which flavor of Big League chew am I going to chew on the entire time? <laughs> Ground ball grape is the only answer to that. <laughs> GVP. Okay, GVP. GVP, shut your dirty mouth. No way. What? With ground ball grape. Ground ball grape uh, is by far and away the best flavor. Okay. It's not even close. Okay. First of all. If I could, I'd spit in your face you right some now. Chaw in there. You're going to get some chaw in there, too? There, I do. Yeah, you got to get his I'm a pack. fan. I'm a fan of ground ball grape. I'm not, dis- I'm not disparaging the good name of ground ball grape, although I think swinging sour apple oh, I was about better. to say, if you said sour apple, I was going to turn your mic off. <laughs> wow. wow. Are you hard of tasting? Dude, no. sour Has apple? all that milk drinking really just... Has it has it just deadened your taste buds? <laughs> no, swinging sour apple is just not good. Ground ball grape is just a better flavor. Sour apple is just generally not a good candy flavor. Yes, grape beats sour apple in every category. It doesn't even have to be big league chew. It's just candy flavor. Full stop. Yes. Grape always beats. Gr- oh my goodness! Sour green apple. I don't Terrible understand. Taste. Have you ever had a sour apple Jolly Rancher? Yeah, you heathens. Sure, mid. You never had a grape Super crush. Super mid, mid, mid. There's at so least anyway, four League better, Chew. and I like to I like to like pretty much throw the entire shredded gum pack in my mouth. 
<laughs> so there's a Just, giant big league chew like, thing the entire mumps game. or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's the whole thing of playing slow pitch to me is is chewing big league chew the whole time. Yeah, dude, just looking like a hamster both sides. No problem. I'll have a report. I'll have a report tomorrow on how the slow pitch game went. That's great. Excellent news. Um, um I had a hockey game yesterday. I saw a couple of your boys from okay. the Royals, your yep. street hockey team. Yes. Uh and I meant to say congratulations, George. I didn't know you guys had won. Yeah, we won the chip. Won the chip. Uh, I also found out that uh, winning the chip, the boys got a little bit of bling. They were sporting a little bit of fresh jewelry yesterday. Yeah, they got a ring for it. They got a ring for it, and I've been informed that you probably aren't going to get one because you weren't there. Well, I was there for the first elimination game, which was a winner, your go home Mm -hmm. game, and we won, and I was a part of that game. Technically, if you play in a playoff game, you get your name on the cup. Yeah. Not in this league. Not in this league. Not in this league. Well, yeah. again, hey, congratulations to the boys. Tight dozen, I guess. And, th- and then it's just yeah. lock mm-hmm. it down. Yep. <laughs> I, I did see a lot of uh, celebrating on the uh, WhatsApp. They, the, uh, uh, the boys they the apparently Shuttles were given the trophy and were given the trophy for the summer, which I think is an excellent rule for beer league sports. It absolutely is. Bring it back in the fall. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> no problem. Uh, here we go. Uh, Never one more return thing. to the league. <laughs> uh, how? Oh, how about Blasty's blimp? That's not bad too. That's good. That's not bad too. You can almost fashion it into kind of like a horse head. Yeah, exactly. Type of look. Like the blimp, flame, flame, flame mare. Maybe, like, maybe, it, maybe it fires out Wranglers tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. See, you're welcome, Flames uh, Game Ops people. Googled how to trademark a good idea. Um, grape wins, George. Grape sucks. Grape's very polarizing. On the <laughs> grape, <end>. very <laughs> polarizing. Grape sucks. Grape wins. Very polarizing. What about, flavor. okay, but GVP, what about... Uh, Wild what about, pitch uh, watermelon. Yeah. Watermelon's okay. Uh, yeah, it's okay. The cotton um, candy one is by far the worst. The original, yeah, yeah. I would slot in my number two. That's what I mean. Out of here, original's good. Yeah, the yeah. original's just whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very hockey card flavor. by far and away number one. And then I'd go original. Listen, what? listen. <laughs> I understand you like the grape because it gives you the, the tinglys on the mouse skin. What? What, what would sour apple do to your mouse skin? Same then? If thing. We're not, if we're talking but tinglys, I, sour yeah. would do that more than ground ball grape, wouldn't it? It absolutely would. Okay, there's one more thing I want to get to before uh, the nickname <laughs> thing. Before we get to Adnan Verk. And we're going to ask Adnan Verk what's his favorite Big League Chew flavor. And then we're going to chastise and if you him haven't, for if it. you've never had Big League Chew, <laughs> if you've never had Big League Chew, you haven't lived life right. I'm sorry. You just yep. haven't. Like, you need, to, you need to really, you need to go to a corner store now, maybe pick up the paper bag with the question marks on it, <laughs> and pick up a club bag of Big League Chew. Okay. Uh, the story I wanted to get to, too, on nicknames. And you can oh, text yeah. in to 960-960. Uh, we all know uh, Kate Middleton. Yes. Right? Uh, the Duchess of whatever. What is she the Duchess of? <laughs> the Princess Sussex, of Wales? Isn't she? Sussex. No. Yeah. Sussex. See, yes. that's why Patrick's the best. I, I rely that on was, Patrick. I that was that. GVP. <laughs> oh, was it GVP? Yeah. GVP? I didn't know yeah. you are such a royal watcher, GVP. I just knew that for some reason. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that's mind-blowing to me. Okay. So Kate Middleton, which I'm a big fan of, apparently has a nickname for the future king of England, uh, William, according to a new book coming out on the royals. Now, this one was a little surprising to me. So she calls him uh, Babe, 
which is nice. Okay. Uh, Big Willie, because his <laughs> name's William, which I think is rather endearing. Is, is that one? But, thi- but this <laughs> is the one that really got to me. And I want, if you have a nickname that your partner calls you that's a little offensive, I'd love to hear it. 960, 960, <laughs> name and location. Oh, good, good. She calls him Baldy sometimes. Baldy? <laughs> yes! Wow, what a what a that's what a, like what when a you, slap in the face. That's like when you call like your your animal like, hey, stinky butt. Like, yeah, hey, exactly. Yeah, hey, hey, rat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just watched that golf shot again. I don't think he grounded his club. I just really looked at it. Okay, so <laughs> you're like a cat with a laser pointer. <laughs> yeah. But Kate Whoa. Middleton, Kate Middleton calls the future king of England Baldy. Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location is your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whoever gives you a bad nickname. I'd love to hear it. Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. Uh, we got a top text for the blimp name. Okay, Jim P- Blimpsky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Blimp names <laughs> for the flames. <laughs> Famous flames. A blimp that can blimps. fly around the dome giving away prizes. <laughs> give us a blimp name and give us a derogatory nickname that your partner's given you. Uh, my wife, wife, calls me girlfriend, stinky butt. Kate, literally, <laughs> Kate Middleton calls the future king of England her husband Baldy. I'm sure it's not an endearing term. Hey, Baldy, did you take out the garbage? <laughs> Get off my case! <laughs> yeah, I hate you! I'm gonna be a king one day! You know that! I'm sure I'm sure Kate Middleton's like, hey Baldy, why don't you come to bed? I'm sure that's not happening. Yeah. When she goes, hey Big Willie, how about you slide in beside me? Sure. But it's yeah. not like, hey Baldy, why don't you take off your pants? That's not happening. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, lots to get to. Adnan Verk next. Uh, MLB trade deadline, yada, yada, yada. But his favorite big league chew flavor next. And, oh, yeah, Oppenheimer and Barbie. Sportsnet night. Yes, Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. At the top of the hour, more Blue Jays talk. Ben Wagner, the voice of the Jays, will join us. Not good for Bull Bichette yesterday, rounding first base. Jays lose to the Orioles. It's the Major League Baseball trade deadline today at 4 p.m. Lots to discuss with Ben Wagner. And we're going to try to mine for hockey rumors and news with Dennis Bernstein. From the fourth period in Sirius XM NHL radio coming up at 830. Uh, we talked about it before the break. A couple things I want to get to, and I absolutely want to get to that with our next guest. Uh, Adnan Verk, MLB NHL Network host, Cinephile podcast on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Good morning, sir. How are you? George, Maddie, always a pleasure to be with you guys. I like the way you tease that, George. You say I have a few things I want to get to. So I believe we will be talking baseball trade deadline, perhaps yep. Barbenheimer. I'm not sure where we're going to go, but I look forward to it. Oh, we are definitely getting to those two topics. Uh, but first, uh, two pressing things we talked about before he jumped on. Number one, uh, Adnan Verk, the best flavor of big league chew. Sour apple. Yes! 
Because the guys in the studio are trying to tell me ground ball grape. I like it, but it's not sour apple. Listen, George, when you said it, I closed my eyes and I said, and all I pictured was the green packet. And I did picture a purple packet, but sour apple was stronger. Matter of fact, I don't even think I could give you a third flavor. Like I would know original and that's it. So I would say it really is sour apple or grape, but it's sour apple. It's fantastic. See, that's why you're the best, Adnan, and that's why we have you on on a regular basis. <laughs> um, also, uh, did a nickname to uh, nickname thing. So there's a new book coming up on the Royals. Uh, first time they've done that. So apparently Kate Middleton has three nicknames for the future king of England, Prince William. Uh, Babe is one. Big Willie is number two. And the one that really caught me off guard, um, Adnan, she calls him Baldy. Oh. The only Baldy is Brian Baldinger. The, yeah, yeah, Brian Baldinger, the NFL yes. fuck. Was, I think, I think yeah. that's fair. Like, if it's part of your name, you call the guy Baldy, like, no problem. But just because he's bald, I'm like, that's, that's insulting, quite frankly, <laughs> to give that kid a complex. I, I'll, I'll take Big Willie at a Baldy. By the way, when you said there's a book on the Royals, first time it's happened, for a second I thought you meant the Kansas City Royals. I said, that's yeah. even funnier. There's never been a book on the Kansas City Nobody cares. They won a World Series in 2015 or yeah. 1985. There's never been a book on the team from Kansas City. Baldy, no thanks. I'm with Big Willie. Not even a book on the Pine Tower home run from George Brett from the 80s? Not even that? <laughs> Um, yeah, Baldy. This year, George Brett, great. Yeah, um, Baldy. Like it, like it would be one of those things where I'm sure it's not endearing. Like I'm sure she doesn't use it like to be sweet towards him. Yeah, the only way I like it is if nicknames are ironic. Like if he's a Sasquatch and he's incredibly hairy, then you call him Baldy. Then I think it's funny. Like when a yeah. guy, when a guy like <laughs> seven, you call him Tiny. I find that stuff hilarious. Like, yeah, exactly. Even in the movie, Myst- even the movie Mystic River, I watched again. Lawrence Fishburne, who is clearly black, his character's name is Whitey. Like, I find that stuff <laughs> yeah. hilarious. But it's just bizarre, yeah. opposite nicknames that I'm in favor of. Yeah, um, poor uh, William. Uh, 960, 960, name and location, if you got a uh, nickname your partner uh, giving you that maybe isn't uh, the best. All right, uh, Adnan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go choose-your-own-adventure style <laughs> from those books from elementary school for you. Do you want to talk Major League Baseball trade deadline first, or do you want to talk about Oppenheimer and Barbie first? Let's do the trade deadline first. You know, those okay. sports fans who want to be stationed. We don't. We already went big league chew and Baldy, so let's okay. do a little baseball. But then we'll run all the movies. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, what the Bobichet injury, which I think it's hilarious. The team calls it right knee discomfort. You think uh, his knee was a little discomfort last <laughs> night? Do you think the Blue Jays now, depending on the severity of this injury, now have to go all in and get a shortstop? God, that would be, I wouldn't quite say worst case scenario, but it's not, it's not what you want here, George. And I think it must be so frustrating for the Blue Jays because this is the classic small sample size trade deadline, meaning literally one or two games is impacting what a team's going to do. If you asked me two weeks ago, I'd say the Angels are out. They're going to have to trade Otani. You have to get something rather than nothing. And then they win a few games, and they're three and a half games. Out, you got, we're in. And we're all the way in. We're getting Giolito. We're getting Ronaldo Lopez. We're getting Randall Gritchick. We're getting C.J. Cronus. And, wow, the Angels really are in. Similarly, the Padres, Blake Snell's been the best pitcher in baseball of the last month plus, .83 ERA's last 13 starts. That will command good value for a team for whatever reason. Just as completely flopped. But instead, they sweep the Rangers. They're the best record in the American League. All right, Padres are all in. They're two games that they're going to add. 
So now for the Blue Jays, you have to look at the climate with which you're surrounded. The Rays just went and got Savali. Okay, good pitcher that helps out the Rays staff. Baltimore hasn't done anything yet, but they should. They've got a plethora of great hitting prospects. They should deal for a pitcher. The Mariners are pitching rich. Go get Logan Gilbert. Go get George Kirby. So Baltimore's going to get better. New York, I think it's tricky. I don't think the Yankees are going to have a major move here because they would have loved to get Bellinger, but the Cubs pulled him off the market. Why? Because the Cubs won eight straight games. Another three and a half, four games back of a wild card spot, five games back of the Central. Stroman's not going to get dealt now because Chicago believes they have a chance to win. So I think the Jays have to look around and go, all right, if we actually think we're making the playoffs, we cannot afford to sit pat. Now, they got Jordan Hicks, who's a terrific closer, and they need him because Romano just went on the IL, was never right since the All-Star break, so who knows the severity of that injury. But, yeah, I would think you're not going to be able to land a star on such short notice, but go get a guy just in case, because if Bo goes on the IL, going to last night, leave the American League, batting champion at 318, that's a pretty big hole in your lineup. Now, with this pitching staff, now they've added Jordan Hicks. We'll see Ryu's debut today. Is this a pitching staff that you think the Jays would be comfortable with or should be comfortable with going into the postseason with if this is the group that they have constructed? I think so, Matty. But when I look at them and I say Gossman, to me, is a top five, top ten pitcher in the league. Barrios has had an enormous bounce-back season, ERA under three and a half. Bassett's very hit and miss. I know he lost yesterday, but I looked at the numbers. He's allowed three runs or less in six straight starts going into last night. So that is the classic quality start guy. If you can go six innings and three runs, like he's definitely durable. So I'll take that. His splits, by the way, are very glaring. He's much better at home than he is on the road. Kikuchi, better than advertised. Again, he's not great, but he's whatever, number five guy, sure. Like, and then Manoa, the great equalizer, if he can get back to being not a facsimile of himself, but at least a number two, number three, then if you look at that Jays rotation, compare that to the other teams that they're battling with for a playoff spot. Houston's rotation, their starters are banged up. Yankees, it's Garrett Cole and nothing else. Severino looked awful on Sunday night. Once again, Johnny Brito last night, not great, as they lose again this time to the Rays. If you look at their contenders, the Jays' starting rotation is as good as any of those teams. It's better than Baltimore. Baltimore's, are you kidding? Kyle Gibson, Tyler Wells, Braddish, there's nothing special there. So the Jays' rotation is actually really good. Maybe mm-hmm. the Rays is better because of Glass and McClanahan, but I think their starters are pretty good. And Hicks, they needed to get, again, because of the Romano injury. But even prior to that, I would have said they needed a bridge to get the ball to Swanson and then Romano. No matter what, you always want a little bit more bullpen help. For me, Matty, when I look at the Jays, the two guys that really stand out, Springer's got an OPS of 701. Mm-hmm. He did like 257, nine home runs. That is not what you get for when you're giving this guy $150 million. Springer clearly has been a disappointment. Went into last night 0 for his last 30, and that's why he sat last night. Kevin Biggio got the call. And then Dalton Varsho, who, listen, you can tell me defensive runs saved until we're blue in the face. The guy isn't hit, period. you got to hit better than what you're doing. So they're outfield. They're not getting much punch from both of those guys. I wouldn't be surprised. they got to go get a bat try to get a little bit more offense because they can't just count on Springer and Varso suddenly waking up. Well, one of the guys that we kind of talked about earlier on the show is Tim Anderson, plays shortstop, can play at the top of your order where George Springer is no longer playing. What Does that match make sense to you? Yeah, it's not bad. The thing about Anderson is he's a little bit more in terms of his reputation, what he's actually done this year. Like He's actually been pretty good since the All-Star break. And he finally hit a home run, which is just insane. He went like 436 at-bats without a home run. Almost a calendar year without going deep. So it's kind of shocking. Not that Tim Anderson's Babe Ruth, but you expect him to hit 15, 20 home runs, especially in today's game. But 
listen, decent defensively. He can still hit a little bit, especially recently. And I don't think the cost would be exorbitant because of the fact Anderson is going to be a free agent after this year. I believe he's got a player option, but you know, it, it's or maybe it's a team option. I can't remember what it was, but it's very affordable in terms of what Anderson can provide for you. So, yeah, that's definitely an option. And, again, because he hasn't had a great year, it's not going to cost you a lot. It's like a, you know, a B-plus prospect, B-minus prospect. You get Tim Anderson for a couple of months. Helps out with Bo. You can move him around a little bit if need be. Why not? And then Verk, MLB and NHL Network host, Cinephile Podcast, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Podcast. Hotline Big Show, Russick and Rose. Teoscar Hernandez back to the Jays. Does that make a lot of sense? You know, it's not bad, but Seattle has been a disappointment. The Mariners are a weird team just because they strike out so much. I mean, they've got the second most strikeouts in baseball. There's so much swing and miss, and Teoscar Hernandez is a part of that problem. But he clearly thrived with Toronto, and you're going from that park in Seattle and T-Mobile to Rogers Center, you would think that would be positive. Again, I don't think you're giving up much to get him. He seemed comfortable to Jays, provides outfield pop, or as a DH. I think that one would make sense, George. Um, when it comes to Shohei Otani, like, it, could this just be a giant catastrophe if the Angels don't get into the playoffs here and they let that guy walk for free? I'm sure they, they believe internally that they have a good shot and maybe retaining uh, the best player in baseball. But how, what's your take on how they're approaching this deadline today? So I like the fact they actually made some moves. George. If they had just said, you know what, we're keeping Otani, we're going for it, I said you're foolish. You're not going to do it. Like, there's just no way. You, well, again, which of these teams misses the playoffs? And let's just suppose the O's win the division, the Rangers win the division, which is no formality. Those are very small leads right now ahead of the Astros in the race, respectively. But let's suppose they win their division. Obviously, the Central we don't care about. So your wild cards are the Rays, the Jays, and the Astros. So the Angels have to climb past the Red Sox, who have a robust offense. They have the best record, by the way, in baseball since June 30th. They're like 16-5, and five, and they're getting Chris Sale back and Whitlock back at some point. And the Yankees, who, again, have not impressed anybody, but Judge is back. You'd have to think that will improve at some point in time, and Brian Cashman will make a move. And the Blue Jays, who, as we say, I think overall, if you ask most people, a little underachieving. There's more talent on that team than they've shown. They should be a playoff team. So the Angels really think, or they're going to be better than the Astros, who are the defending champions right now just one game back in Texas. So for the Angels to say to themselves, you know what, we think we can catch the Yankees. Okay. You think we can catch the Red Sox? Fine. But you actually think you'll catch the Jays and the Astros, like four teams? Or you think the Rays, who had a calamitous July, will just have a complete collapse and miss the playoffs? All these scenarios are far-fetched. But what I like is they said, all right, it's not just keeping Otani. We do have to make some moves here. And they did. And Giolito's a good pitcher. Like, he's, he will slot in well after Otani and Sandoval as a number two, number three. Overall, I looked at his numbers. He's had three starts where he got blitzed. Other than that, he has like a two eight nine ERA. So he's capable of being excellent for your team. Ronaldo Lopez, another army, add him in there. Now, offensively, Rendon's a band-aid. You can never count on him. Moniac's been great. Uh, Renhipo's been really good, went deep last night. But you go get C.J. Crone from the Rockies, that guy's going to hit. 760 OPS. And Gritchick, who I was never crazy about with the Jays, so I always found him to be a bit of an underachiever. He actually has an 850 OPS this year. Now, maybe that's Coors Field, the bias coming from the Rockies. But that's pretty good. So I, I can talk myself into it, George, by saying you got two bats and you got two pitchers. You clearly were aggressive in trying to upgrade your team. Will that be enough? Probably not. But back to the overall point of keeping Otani happy, at the very least you said, hey, we didn't win, but we tried. We're trying to get to the playoffs, and we'll still give you as much money as we can. And you still clearly like playing in Southern California. So if it's a matter of comfort, I think Otani stays. Everyone tells you he's very comfortable there. But if it's a matter of winning, of course he shouldn't stay. He should go to the Dodgers. 
Wanted to ask you about the Baltimore Orioles. They're having an unbelievable season. We saw them beat the Jays yesterday. I guess just what's the most impressive thing about the season that we're seeing for this group? Because, you know, they're a couple seasons removed from being the laughingstock of the AL East. Yeah, it's pretty shocking, Maddie. There were 110 losses two years ago, and even last year they were ahead of schedule. If you remember at the All-Star break, we weren't sure. Are the O's buyers or sellers? And Mike Elias, who's the VP and very smart guy. No, of course we're not buying. Are you kidding me? We're going to trade Trey Mancini. We'll trade uh, Lopez. I believe they're closer. And it's like, that's it. We're, we're, we're not going to get deceived into thinking we're a better team than we are. Fast forward to this year. Well, now they're really good as everyone thinks that they are. And sometimes schedules can get sped up. And it starts with Adley Rutschman, who's got a switch hitting catcher who can call a game that well. That's awfully valuable. Gunnar Henderson, who I love, I've talked to him a couple of times. First off, great name. I said, with a name like Gunnar Henderson, you knew you were going to be a star. He just laughed. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> but coming from Auburn, he was the June Rookie of the Month. He's been really good. And, again, they've got all these guys. Austin Hayes is an all-star. Anthony Santander's a good hitter. Ryan O'Hearn, nobody mentions. He's the cleanup hitter for the Orioles. He's like an 850 OPS. Like, the guy's really good. And then their pitchers, Bautista, who, by the way, of course, close to my heart, comes in to the whistle from the wire. He has not seen the wire, but he's aware of Omar, and he loves the whistle. So it's such a cool scene. It's not quite Edwin Diaz last year, but Batista comes in seemingly like Omar from the wire. And the guy, I'm not kidding, he should be in the Cy Young conversation. When he comes in a game, it's over. He's got like a .5 ERA. He's the best closer in baseball. You add uh, Yanir Cano also. He's a really good setup guy. They just got Fujinami. So like, their bullpen's awesome. The only question for Baltimore is their starters, which overall rank about 10th in the American League. But, again, look at the numbers. July, they're third in the AL, so they have pitched better. Gibson's the only veteran they have, but Wells and Bradish have been better. They still could use one more, though, man. If they went out and got a Verlander, if they went out and got a Stroman, to me that would really say Baltimore is a legit team. But I think, I think they're winning that division, Matty, and I think that they're definitely going to the playoffs, and that's somewhere they haven't been in 2016. So kudos to them. I love that ballpark. I love the Homer hose, and I love the birdbath. They got it going on right now in Charm City. Yeah. Uh, Adnan, um, we know um, the movies are back with Oppenheimer and Barbie. Make sure, first of all, did you wear pink to see Barbie? Did you Did you follow suit? I, I did. I did. It nice. was incredibly embarrassing. I wore a pink golf shirt and pink shorts, which was more pink than my wife was wearing and any mm. of her friends. And she even said to me, that's too much. Just wear <laughs> the pink shirt. I go, oh, I'm wearing all pink. It's Barbie, for God's sakes. She had like a blue, like she had like a hint of pink in her blue dress. But the only thing that was embarrassing, she said, well, let me take a picture for social. I go, no, I'm about five minutes away from deleting my account, to be clear. And the last thing I want is a picture of me wearing all pink to go see Barbie. Yeah. Let me just go do it. Why do I have to post everything, for God's sakes? Why can't it just have existed? Exactly. Proof of it being posted. But anyway, oh. uh, Barbie, I thought it was light and frilly for the first half. Second half to me, got a little preachy, got a little heavy-handed. I didn't enjoy it as much, but great cast. As the three of us has discussed as uh, heterosexuals, seeing Margot Robbie on a big screen, that's never not going to be fun. And Ryan Gosling, fellow Canadian, I thought he was really funny. But I see the men who are upset about it, George Switch, I say, I get it, I'm a guy, obviously. But what do you think is going to be the villain in a story about Barbie? She's a feminist icon. Of course, the villain is going to be dudes and toxic masculinity. So, yeah, we don't yeah. fare very well in this movie, but I wasn't expecting to go in there like, yeah, like a crowd pleaser, yay, women, guys suck. But that's exactly what you're going to get, and as evidenced by the monies you mentioned. It's made over $200 million in like eight days, which is crazy. The entire yeah. theater was 16-year-old girls cheering and laughing and having a blast. But, of course, Oppenheimer, much closer to my heart, 
And I give Joel Schumer the New York Post credit. As I was going to watch it, we were working together, Hall of Fame Day. He goes, it's like a beautiful mind meets JFK. I don't really buy him on the beautiful mind part, aside from the fact he's a very smart guy, but there's no mental illness. But the JFK part is great. And later I read an article in The Hollywood Reporter in which Christopher Nolan, and how much do you got to love this guy? Forget about social. He doesn't have a smartphone. He, doesn't, he, he writes his scripts on a computer with no email and no Internet because he doesn't want to be distracted. He has a flip phone. His email address is only controlled by his assistant who tells him what to do. So he gets the script. He goes to Ireland Killian Murphy, who he's worked with five previous times. Hey, read the script. I want you to play Oppenheimer. Murphy comes out and goes, I love it. I'm in. He goes, great. And no one says to him, it's like one of those movies from the 90s they don't make anymore, you know, like Oliver Stone. And I was like, yeah, Joel nailed it. it to me, it felt like a modern-day JFK, murky, dense, complicated, but very smart and thrilling. Of course, it's even the atomic bomb is going to be enlivening. But overall, I thought... It's really a fascinating conundrum. Is this guy a tragic hero? Is he a villain? An amazing cast. I mean, Murphy is so haunted and so gaunt in the lead role. But you've got Best Actor winners popping up for one scene. Rami Malek first scene, Casey Affleck first scene. I won't spoil one of the cameos playing Harry Truman. Matt Damon, of course, Emily Blunt. I mean, only Chris Nolan fellas. Like, if you told me Barbie made $200 million, I'd be like, yeah, I get that. It's Barbie. She's a toy. How the hell do you sell a three-hour movie with some black-and-white sequences about a guy 80 years ago that built a bomb? Like, who's going to go see that movie, especially in today's era of streaming? And yet, Chris Riddle, no problem. $80 million opening weekend. The budget was $100 million. Real simple rule of thumb. You've got to double your budget to be a success. They've already done that. They've made $200 million worldwide. Only Chris Riddle can do that. It's incredible. How did they make that explosion for less than $100 million? It's a great question, Maddie. So he had said, I won't have any CGI, which I love about him. He's like, enough of this damn CGI. For those who don't know, computer-generated imagery. So I, I, I don't know about, well, what kind of replica bomb they had, but apparently they went to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. They went to the site of where this occurred, and I don't know exactly who he called to get a replica bomb taking place, but he swears it was not CGI. So something... Mm-hmm. Some sort of pyrotechnics did take place in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Like This is a guy who has a long, long filmography, especially as a director. You're talking about Memento and The Dark Knight and Inception and Interstellar and Dunkirk and Tenet and now Oppenheimer. Like, Where does this one rank in your favorite Christopher Nolan movies? It's a great question, Matty. I was thinking about Memento always was the closest to my heart. I saw it when I was just out of college. And I, I, think, no, I was still in college, and I loved that movie. I think it was so smart and so fresh, and I loved the performances. It was so ingenious. Dunkirk I saw in IMAX, as I did for Oppenheimer, and I thought that was incredible sensory overload. I haven't seen it since, by the way, but that one time the IMAX, I thought it was incredible. The Dark Knight, again, to take a crime epic and to give a you know, go-for-broke performance from Heath Ledger. There's your three, and I put Oppenheimer in there. So I, I think Oppenheimer mm-hmm. is in his Mount Rushmore. The movies you just mentioned, by the way, you know, a lot of people love Inception. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Insomnia. Maybe it's just because I'm so partial to Pacino. But I love Pacino, Robin Williams, Hilary Swank. I think Insomnia is a great movie, a little underrated over the years. But I put Oppenheimer in his Mount Rushmore. I, uh, here's my take on Oppenheimer, uh, Adnan. Uh, good movie, smart, as you said. Uh, to me, it was just a touch dry Maybe a little too yeah. much character development, but it's a good movie I'm never going to see again. Yeah, to your point, George, I, I, I was telling my wife after, because she loves The Dark Knight. She likes, you know, that kind of stuff that Nolan's made. And I said, well, this isn't a classic Christopher Nolan movie in that mold. She goes, what do you mean? I go, well, there's not a lot of action. Like, it's a lot of dialogue. It's just, it's very talky. Now, I enjoyed it, because to me, he's peeling back the layers of the onion. As you said, it's a character study more than anything. But what I noticed was he just used that score relentlessly. 
Because instead of having these interrogation scenes of Jason Clark and Tony Goldwyn, which would be, as you point out, a little dry, he just has that score pounding on your head. So I'm curious, when I watch it on streaming, will I find it not as entertaining? Because in the theater of IMAX, that music is so omnipresent and feels like you have that sense of urgency. But to your point, if you remove the score, you'd go... Man, this is just a lot of guys talking in suits. Like, where is this going? And, and, and I'm curious when I watch the second time, just the fact that the way he's doing it, and he loves this idea, right? He never likes telling a straightforward narrative. It's always going back and forth. Is there a purpose to that, or does Chris Nolan just like showing off the fact he loves telling nonlinear stories? I'll have to go back and watch if it heightens. But, it, but to your point, I can see him saying, okay, I got it. It's a good movie, smart, polished. I just don't really want to watch it again. Uh, real quick, before I let you go, Adnan, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, had this to say about a specific trilogy of films at NFL training camp, and I want to get your take about it. GVP, hit the clip. We've been to Wicked and now Back to the Future. How the is the night. Back to the Future? Because It is new. a must-watch. Yeah? If you're a fan, oh, come on. and I'm a fan. I got DeLorean. We can go deep. I'm a 1-3-2, though, is my order. <laughs> I'm a big fan of three. A lot they of like people three. are. I love three. The Western. It's the second best. 1-3-2, wow. that's for me. Uh, your thoughts on wow. uh, Back to the Future 3 being the second best of the trilogy. I mean, I mean, I mean, you can't even see the question of laughing, George. That's <laughs> atrocious. I mean, whenever somebody tells me how bad are trilogies, I merely point to Back to the Future 3. If somebody mentions yeah. me a bad sequel, I say Caddyshack 2. If someone mm-hmm. says trilogy, I go, Back to the Future 3 was completely unnecessary and easily the worst of the three. The first is an absolute classic, and I adore it. The second is still really good because he's yep. got all the technological stuff, fast-forwarding to the future, uh, you know, the fact that Biff changes 1985. The Western's ridiculous. And the only good thing about that is Doc finally gets some action. Like him and Mary Steenburgen get it on. I go, okay, great, you get the love interest. But the other stuff, remember Michael J. Fox's character, Marty's playing Seamus, and that dual character, like, none of that stuff is just, the locomotive at the end. That yeah. movie's terrible. Come on. Yeah, it does suck. Uh, it sucks bad. Um, great job uh, today, Adnan, as usual. And uh, thank you for being a sour, uh, sour apple brother forever. Uh, thanks for this, pal. I'm, yeah, after the trade deadline, I'm going to get some on the way home. I'll blow some bubbles in your honor, George. Thank you, sir. Uh, there he is, Adnan Vark on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Straight ahead, Ben Wagner on the Blue Jays trade deadline, the voice of the Jays. And Dennis Bernstein, fourth period, Sirius XM, NHL radio. We're going to mine some for NHL rumors. Going to mine for it. We'll do that in the third hour next. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.